In every age, God raises people up to speak the truth to the world in a way that is currently relevant. Though our opinions should not be held with the same esteem as the biblical canon, we still carry the hope of Christ to the world. Our society has forgotten what it means to follow Christ. The bright lights of truth seekers are barely visible in the dim twilight of a post-Judeo-Christian society. We all see the darkness coming. All we can hope is to share the light that he has entrusted to us. This is Modern Apocrypha. Hi, I'm Jared. Hi, I'm Greg. And this is Modern Apocrypha. Modern Apocrypha, just what is that? Okay, Modern Apocrypha, well, the Apocrypha, uh, historically, were a collection of writings that were considered important, even critical, but not at the same level as Scripture, so much so that the Apocrypha were often included with the Scripture in uh, various publications of Bibles, notably the King James, for hundreds of years. So uh, the Apocrypha is important writings that don't rise to the level of Scripture, you might say. And modern Apocrypha would be, hopefully, we're talking about important things. That would be the idea, right? Indeed, indeed. Uh, we're, we're building this podcast as a, uh, a discussion of pop culture, uh, modern writing, um, how it relates to historical writing, uh, where we're at with current events, obviously lots of things going on in the world, um, and some of our personal business uh, uh, intertwined. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, knowing us, it's going to end up being kind of high-level discussion of why things are going on in the world as much as anything else. That's that's sort of our thing. Always has been. Well, sure. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. As we came through uh, looking for the new name, uh, trying to figure out what we'd call this, we knew we, we sat around talking quite a bit um, and just thought that that would be a good fellowship and a good share for, for everyone that wanted to listen. Yeah. Well, it didn't hurt that I had the URL either. <laughs> oh, also true. How long have you had that uh, particular URL? Okay, so I've called my personal blog Modern Apocrypha for probably 12 or 15 years. And the, um, the URL I got probably 10 years ago, I oh, wow. approached a guy who owned it. He was, he wasn't using it, hadn't been using it. And I, I asked him if I could buy it off of him. And he said, well, I don't need money, but, um, how about you donate something to, and you know, we, we figured out somebody I could donate to and he signed the URL over to me. So that's how it worked out. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So. Well, right on. Oh, I think uh, our first uh, order of business ought to be to discuss uh, how we uh, align in the world and how we uh, have some modern apocrypha to bring to the world, if, uh, well, in our opinions. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Modern, modern apocrypha being... Uh, positive works for the kingdom of uh, Jesus Christ. Or, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good definition. Positive works, yeah, for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Positive ideas to contribute to the modern world. That would be a good way to put it. Is it where we can we, find them? or Well, and, and at least... Goodness knows we need them. 
Um, Indeed. So, you know, for me, I've been a Christian since I was, since basically since I can remember, I've felt the Holy Spirit living and talking with me and present with me since I was like five at least. So now that it hasn't been an easy road, it hasn't been a a straight road. And I'm sure as time goes on, we'll get into that some, but. um, Well, and I suppose we should start with a bit of an introduction, Jared. Um, I know you very well. You've been my good, good friend. I'd say my best friend for years now. Um, But for those of uh, those that might just tune in and just, find you for the first time uh how old are you Uh, we're both here in america i don't believe specifics are generally a good idea but here in america uh in conservative uh mountains well in my case in my case figuring out where i live to within a few miles is actually really really easy because if you know what you're doing online that isn't that hard to do but reality is um we're, yeah, we're both here in America. Um, I'm late 30s, 38 years old. I have six kids, and uh, I've been Hooray. in... <laughs> you know, that is such a rare thing these days. I never expected when I was little, when I was young, just growing up, you know, when we were both in college or whatever, I never expected our generation to not have a lot of kids. It just never occurred to me, and I never expected to have what most people would consider a lot of kids, but so it goes you know that's life sure sure um and myself i'm 44 i've oh gosh i I used to describe myself as having moved 54 times by the time i was 19 um i I bounced around a huge amount growing up um i held held a personal uh connection to jesus christ but i've had a, a a wildly nomadic uh stay in in many churches um having moved so much and uh just turbulence in the home and the the things that happened i believe we've met uh, going on 18 years now 18 years we've known each other um let's see it would have been yeah that sounds about right about 18 years and i'd say that uh my walk is very private and and even hidden you know that this country hasn't been the most kind and open to expressing your your goodwill and and uh, love for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, one man's love does not mean another, you know, animosity towards any particular person. But that that has been a, a perception that I've had to deal with, and I'd say that I have not been surprised terribly by the uh, reduced uh, birth rates. Uh, a lot of the friendships and acquaintances, uh, business partnerships. I noticed that uh, the average expectation is sort of a two to one uh, parent to child. It, it, it's yeah. difficult to maintain all of modernity is the word that people use, but uh, it's hard to give yourself all of the uh, temptations of the world and still take care of a large number of children. That's absolutely true. And as, <laughs> as children goes, I, I am married myself. I have two children. Mine are much older teenagers, uh, yeah, out of the, mostly out of the house now. Yeah, and mine are just heading into that teenage phase, so sort of in those, Turbulence. yeah, sort of in those, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Do you want do you want to get into the other thing that sort of motivated us to get started? Actually, get started on doing this podcast. The, Please. 
Okay, so I wrote a book. It started about a year and a half, almost two years ago, started writing a book, and then uh, June of 2022. And what's the name of your book? Uh, it's the book's the name of the book is Bright Star, and I actually don't have a copy on my desk right now. I do. This is <laughs> so, Bright Star. He's showing a copy of my book. That's perfect. Very good book. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. But yeah, and and so started that in 2022, and um, started it in January. Got started seriously in June after I ended up quitting my job for unrelated reasons. Um, wrote the book. Got. Oh, took about six months to get all the way through that book and the next one. But I wrote them as one book because I thought it was supposed to be that long. And then the publisher told me, well, young adult books are half as long. So I ended up splitting it in half. And we should stop there. Yeah. Um, looking at this particular title, uh, Bright Star, um, it is a part of a general um overall universe right you've got more stories that may be a part of this particular series or another series um that are all going to be a part of the same general universe that's right and um well and and the initial yeah go ahead initial the initial story that over the last um uh 12 18 months that has been written was initially a book one of many and even that was too detailed too much to try to fit into one yeah yeah, that's right. So that book, What is Now Bright Star, is the first of four or five books in the Epimyth, which the Epimyth is the core series for the Energemetra 6 universe. Um, okay. And, and since we're talking about it, we should probably give a little bit of background. The, the idea here is that in this modern world, with all the stuff that's going on... Um, the things that motivate society and that motivate us often it gets it gets a little clouded but we look to the heroes of stories the heroes of the past the the examples that come down to us from whatever place as a motivating force for our lives and that was very heavy on my mind as I was writing this. That was a big part of what went into the back end of this thing. And the spiel I often give is politics is downstream of culture, culture is downstream of faith, and myth lives between faith and culture. It points back to the faith that we stand on and forward to lead the way for the culture. And these um, stories as they're presented are going to be... um... I don't know, how would you decide who you would promote it for? I mean, I enjoy them, and I'm an older gentleman, but they would be appropriate down to, say, uh, what would be the, the lowest reading level that would be an acceptable, like, hey, this would be okay for you. Well, my 12-year-old daughter likes them. So okay. I, I would say much younger than 12, and it's you start to lose the you, – you don't quite have the comprehension. You know, my 8-year-old doesn't really appreciate it yet. My 12-year-old does. I could see as young as 10, but really, I wrote the book for any audience, any age, and I didn't include anything in there that I thought would make the book unfit for children. It, it deals with life and 
all of the things that we deal with, with difficulties and troubles and stuff, but I didn't include any adult content because I didn't want to make it so that you couldn't give it to kids. And so many people are doing that. So many people are making it so that you can't give their work to kids because they include some kind of adult content. And I didn't want to these, do that. These days, you're not sure that you can just have cable news on in front of your children. <laughs> oh, talk about not sure. I, I'm pretty sure I don't want my kids watching cable news. We've never had cable news. Well, just to have it in, in front of them, not even to allow them to watch it. Just yeah, fair enough. The, but yeah. Again, your point's well taken. No, no argument. Yeah. But, but so these, this universe, this uh, body of work is big topics that are suitable for all ages, but it presented in a way that you could read it to your kids and not be worried about the next page presenting something that was going to uh, be offensive. Right. Right. Well, and... I guess the way I would put it is I wrote it for me. I wrote it for someone who is exploring life, who's an adult, but I wrote it to be suitable to read to kids as well. And hopefully, you know, if, if my kids read it now, then come back and read it in five years, they'll take something more out of it then than they did today, right? That's, that, the, that's every, the hope. Yeah, every great story should have depth. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and, and certainly the concept of being able to fade to black is there but if you write a good story then there's nothing to fade that's right well and you know getting into that a little bit there is a place to talk about adult topics there is even a place to talk to kids about adult topics provided that provided you're their parent or you have their parents permission and and the setting is appropriate but generally just throwing that stuff into our stories to me doesn't seem appropriate it's like if that's your purpose fine write that in a story as your purpose but in general don't just put it there for the sake of making it an adult novel that's well and something that i've noticed throughout some of the uh, pop culture growing up in this era mm -hmm. we tend to exalt the bad guy if that's exactly the right way to put it. Oh, that is exactly uh, the right way to put it. And so you wouldn't find that in this universe where the bad guy wins or the bad guy is presented as the ally. No, you wouldn't. And and that's actually something I think you say that, and that's sort of a, it isn't exactly a rabbit trail, but it's a perfect segue into why our myth is dead today why our myth is such a problem today um and what i mean by that is when you read something like the lord of the rings stories there is this super super clear delineation between good and evil and even in cases like grima wormtongue and the the uh, i can't remember the the name of the king but the king that he was uh speaking in his ear that he was you know there is this thing where evil does seduce people and you can point that out in a story you can you can paint the picture without being an apologist for evil without being an ally of evil this clear delineation between light and darkness is something that we lost it on purpose at first because people thought it was interesting but we've lost it and we've lost it as a society, and it's not interesting anymore. You know what I'm saying? We have. We have. A sort of uh, cognitive dissonance in, in the way that we do things where 
we want to take one part of a story and apply it to a different part and then jump to the the end of another story and try to to skip the necessary work and consequence well and and just losing the losing sight of the fact that there is such a thing as good and evil that those are real things and that they affect the world and they affect us and when we aspire to good it changes the way we approach our lives it makes us there is such a thing as living an admirable life that's a real thing and it matters and we've lost well and even the ability to recognize it and have a certain Respect for your characters, if you will, allows a writer to provide good story writing because you're not trying to put across a point. You're displaying a full character, a full three-dimensional character, as it was described when I went to school. Um, that it's not a two-dimensional character. It's not flat because it has humanity. It has a full perspective, right? It's not necessarily yep. good or evil, but good and evil are within perspective appropriately within the story. Right, exactly. That's exactly right. That that good and evil are both real forces that are present in the world and they affect the characters. And 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 having a respect for your characters. Yeah. I don't believe I don't believe that um, many of the, the popular writers the the Tolkien's the uh CS Lewis's I I'd say Lucas the the people that have got large broad worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, could let go of those worlds. They are the way they are because that's a reality for that writer. Yeah, and that's a good. That's a wonderful thing about a um, a well thought writer. Yeah, and I feel that when you're just pandering, when you're just trying to hit the nut, you know, that these bullet points for uh, um, what's yeah. the word I'm looking for the when they do the, the screenings and the viewings. Right. You're, you're, just trying, you're to... trying to, you're trying to draw in an audience at the expense of the world and the characters. That's sort of what right. you're saying. As opposed to just displaying the world and the characters. Yeah. And if you've got a real world and a, or a fleshed out world more than a real world, yeah. uh, it supports itself and it doesn't allow bad storytelling. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. And, and when I'm writing, looking at each of the characters and asking myself in every single scene, would this character actually do this? Is this something this character would actually do? If not, you can't do it. Because, mm. as you say, that isn't respecting the character. That's, that's trying to accomplish something in the story at the expense of the reality of the character. And that doesn't work. So it really doesn't. With it tends to tends to damage the story right away. It does. So with Bright Star, um, the cover's not terribly descriptive. This is a young man standing on a skyline looking up at the stars. What uh, genre is this? What what should people okay. expect out of Bright Star? So this is a science fiction story. Okay. Um, the premise of the story, very briefly, is that there is a, a young man from our world, a boy of almost teenage years, right at beginning teenage years, who is autistic and his life is pretty dreadful. And he's transported from our world into an alternate universe that's built on an energy that is almost magical. It's it's ama- it's an amazing energy field that, that people okay, can so manipulate. I'm, I'm hearing a couple of genres sort of uh, mixed in here. Okay. Um, is it... 
one of those Death Reborn spiels, like uh, they call them isekais. Is it uh, Star Wars-esque, where it's all space battles? What, a, you, you what would, is the uh, style? You would probably be thinking Star Wars-ish, but you're also going to catch hints of, like, Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia. You're going to catch hints of, um, oh, what would I say? You know, I read a lot of Robert Heinlein. I read Asimov. I read... Uh, Heck, as a kid, I remember reading Tom Swift and the the sort of engineer, the little engineering thing for young guys that they did in those stories was sort of fun. So you're going to catch hints of all sorts of things going through it. But if you were looking for the feel of the thing, you would say uh, Narnia for the post-Star Wars generation, something like that. Okay, okay. Something... Um... Spaceships and um, other planets, not uh, dragons and horses. Something like that. Although the dragons, we'll have to see that 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 could make an appearance. There's always a dragon to conquer, right? Well, exactly. And actually, the dragons are all the good guys in modern books, which is sort of profound, actually, when you think about it. Think about a modern book. See if you can think of a modern book that has a dragon as the villain, because. That's really hard to do. There aren't a whole lot of modern books that have the dragon as a villain. There really Instead, have not been a large okay, number. Okay, now, let's pull that to a scriptural context. Let's pull that to the Bible. Who's the villain? It's the dragon. Who's the villain in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? There's There are dragons, and they're not good guys. And it's a really interesting commentary on modern society that we don't have books where dragons are the villains. It's sort of one of those Freudian slips that the enemy makes, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, depiction of, of dragons, if anything animalistic and if nothing else positive. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's uh, absolutely right. It's sort of like our I view of nature now. And almost no mention whatsoever of serpent. And almost no mention whatsoever of serpents. Yep. Well, and, and that sort of plays into what we're talking about. And I actually think that that was a really great point to hit in our first podcast. Because, man, if you could talk about something that mythologically represents where we're at in the modern world almost perfectly, it's the fact that we've lost our view of dragons as the enemy and they have become the good guys that should tell you, that should tell you where society's heading, you know, and I would put it even deeper than that. They've become a pure symbol of strength and putting strength above anything important. And boy, isn't there truth in that? And, you know, that's actually power, especially let's, you know, Pulling that to power, not just strength. Strength has a positive connotation, but in a that's her. In this context, I think power for its own sake is sort of where you were going there. Am I right? And it, well, it and, and one of the things that I dealt with in Bright Star was power for its own sake, and people who have a worldview that really is monomaniacally focused on power. And what that creates and, and how it blinds them to all of the other important things in life. That was something I sort of explored a little bit. So It is an important thing to, to be discovering throughout our mythology, just 
it's not something to uh well i guess the uh the cliche statement is never forget <laughs> and you just yeah. you're always yeah. reminded you're always at battle if you uh forget what the dragon is then then it's one that's right absolutely right so along those lines also i know you wanted to talk about um let's let's actually cover it so for the sake of listeners, this podcast is actually made possible by and sponsored by Energemetra 6, The World. And um, if you're interested, there are copies of Bright Star that are both on sale and available for book launch team. Uh, right now, I'm really trying to build a book launch team. I need more people who are interested in getting a free copy of Bright Star and posting on social media and posting some reviews. Not asking a lot of people, but... That's something I'm really looking for right now. Um, and so if you go to e6universe.com or energemetra6.com, if you can spell it, which you probably can't, and that's fine, but e6universe.com will get you there. And e6universe.com. Thank you. And um, you can uh, pick up a copy of the book there. Um, and along those lines, you should use the promo code Israel. And so, Greg, why don't you... Why don't you talk a little bit about why you chose that promo code? Well, certainly, certainly. Um, we had in our mind what to, to name the podcast, what to, to name this little project that we're doing. Uh, we knew that we would be getting together to speak. Um, given our general worldview, we spend quite a bit of time uh, uh, in the Word, in the, oh gosh, would you say NIV Bible? In the I'm scriptures, I would just call it scriptures. I don't, I don't, I don't have a particular Fair. translation. I use several I of them. So, you know, and I have a particular fondness with uh, Inspector Puerto Puerto reading the Bible directly to me on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, but, okay. But nonetheless, nonetheless, um, we're immersed constantly, so we have uh, certainly a particular worldview that uh, would encourage um, standing with Israel on. Um, their, their current uh, battles. So, but this was not uh, at all to, to do with that. This was just uh, looking for a new name, you know, uh, wrestling with God in our own lives. And uh, that, that, that's pretty much where it came from. We're not uh, directly tied or, or uh, taking advantage of current world events. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, if you're, if you're, interested in supporting us or if you're interested in bright star uh head over to Check. e6universe.com and promo code israel will get you 10 percent off on the book and that would help us a lot to track who's seeing this who's seeing the other right. advertisements we've got out there um That's, and at what times yeah, yeah well and t you know 10 percent 10 percent off is nothing to sneeze at that's every little bit right so every little bit and then as far as this particular site, uh, these are direct sales from the author. Yep. Um, they're due to come out via the general system. Mm -hmm. uh, what and date is April, that? April 16th is when they're, of 2024 is when it's set to appear uh, in bookstores. So, you know, if you're after that, you can go to wherever you buy books and you can get it. Um, I'm still sort of in talks with the publisher about getting an audiobook version done. They say, oh, you shouldn't do that because you have to be you have to have a particular, uh, you know, th what goes into an audiobook is really particular and really specific. So, 
uh, the guy I talked to, one of the guys I talked to at the publisher said that he's had people ask him to read their audiobooks, and he says, no, he won't do it because it's just too demanding. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'll do it. I want to read the audiobook. So we'll see where yeah. that goes one way or another. I'm, I'm going to get audiobook uh, content out there for people. All right. Well, I think that we should certainly save the audiobook uh, discussion for another podcast. That's a, a broader discussion. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, in this, uh, I certainly want to touch on energometrist6.com. Uh, please come by. Please come visit. Um, use discount code Israel. Uh, get yourself a discount and let us know that uh, uh, you saw this and it's a, a good way to, to reach out. Get back to us. What's a good way for people to reach out and uh, let them know that they would like to be a part of your uh, beta reader group is that also on yeah that's Energemetra 6? that's on that's on energemetrist6.com e6universe.com there are two separate links should be right there on the front page uh you know buy a book or uh join the book launch team either one should should be right there um anyway leaving the book aside now talking about myth in general and the energemetra 6 universe in general if you don't mind um, Please. My my intent with this whole story was to create a myth that points back to the true myth of Jesus Christ. The, the thing that is at the root of Western civilization is the Judeo-Christian worldview, is Jesus Christ as the hero. And what he did was sort of amazing. Um in, in that it's only in Judeo-Christian societies that you see the individual um, brought to prominence, brought to the, the center stage. And I think that's what made America great, was the, the focus on the individual being the primary uh, force in society and letting the individual do great things, allowing the individual to do all the things that we've seen in America come out of that. So we, we, and we've lost focus on it. And, and so that was sort of the central focus of when I was writing this, that was, that was one of the things I was looking at. And as well as the whole creating clean stories and, you know, that anybody can, that anybody can enjoy and good stories. You know, I heard somebody say sometime back that your, your license to preach is slightly less than your ability to tell a good story. And I'm not trying to preach, but at the same time, I, I keep that in mind every time I write, that whatever, I'm tr whatever message I want to tell people, it, it can only be there to a lesser degree than the story is entertaining and enjoyable. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and and how how often do we see that not followed lately? You know, in in the modern day, how often do we see people preaching off the pages of their fiction? Nonstop, almost nothing but. Right. And so blatantly that you can't enjoy a story past the preaching. That's exactly right. And and just keeping in mind for me that that wasn't. That's not the goal. It's like Martin Luther said, if you're a Christian shoemaker, it doesn't mean you put little crosses on the shoes you make. It means that you make the best possible shoes you can because 
that's how you show the beauty that God has put into the world, the goodness that God has put into the world. You create a good product. And I firmly believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the individual responsibility to um, each of our actions, each, each of our um, products, you know, our outputs. Yeah. Um, if that's ignored and, and you expect to get beat down from above, you, you're, you're waiting for the government to tell you how to do it. You know, we're waiting on regulations for AI because we can't do it ourselves. You know, all the external. Yeah expectation as opposed to an internal expectation you've got to let that win over in yourself you know and demand beg uh, pray for jesus to assist and carry you through what you cannot do yourself yeah absolutely absolutely so you want to you want to take a short break here I think now would be a great time for a restroom break. Um, I need to check on my dog as well. All right. Well, we'll be back in a minute. Be back in a moment. Modern Apocrypha is brought to you by Energemetra 6. And the new book, Bright Star, by Jared Michaud, that's me, coming out in April 2024. Uh, if you're interested, head over to e6universe.com to join our book launch team for a free copy or to buy a copy with the promo code ISRAEL for 10% off. Modern Apocrypha is also brought to you by North Arrow Coffee. Now, I don't drink coffee. But North Arrow Coffee is the coffee company that's so good that even those of us who don't drink coffee love it. It's a pro-life coffee company. 15% of every purchase goes toward a pro-life cause. You can see right on their website what those causes are and uh, where they're spending that money. If you use the promo code E6, you get 10% off on your order. And thank you. Now back to our show. Welcome back. We're back from Welcome our little back. break. Um, so w we were talking a little bit during the break about what we want to touch on here. And I don't know. What do you think? Well, I certainly got to speak my piece about the uh, uh, Israeli-Gaza conflict. Um, the world is a bit of a shambles. Of course, I stand with Israel. You stand with Israel. Um, yeah, well. But Definitely. as the conflict goes, there's a, a broad way to look at uh, that conflict and sort of topics in the world. And we, we thought we'd look at the way to look at that. Yeah. Um, would you speak a little bit about uh, the Israeli-Gaza conflict um, on the surface for you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So obviously everybody, this is world news, right? And, and this is kind of how we break it down. The Israeli-Gaza conflict is probably the prominent world news item, and everybody has an opinion on it. Everybody thinks that they know uh, what side of that issue that they ought to be standing on. I, 
I'm actually following on Twitter uh, people on who are on three different sides of this thing. Okay, so you fir- the first side would be uh, we stand with Israel, anything for Israel. Israel is our greatest ally, right? So there, there's that. Then there's on the opposite side, there's Israel are monsters and they're um, they're oppressing the people of Gaza who live in an open air prison. And I actually follow a couple of people on Twitter who are like that. Kind of interesting. Um, but um, and then in the middle, you've got the people who say not a single tax dollar from America should be going anywhere but America. And Israel isn't our ally and they haven't done anything for us. And why do we care? So there's three different places you can fall on that. And that's kind of on the surface level, right? And then, so that's, that's one level of analysis. Then you can go to a deeper level of analysis. I don't know. You want to stop there? Oh, sure, sure. The surface level, you know, sort of today, what's happening in the world, um, something physical happened, that surface level. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so then you can go to a deeper level of analysis and you can look at things like why all of this has happened. So for example, it is just a fact that Israel created Hamas. They did it as sort of a, to try to create a counterweight to the Palestinian Liberation Organization and Yasser Arafat, who were sort of left-leaning Islamists back starting, I think, in the 70s, though I'm not real familiar with this. It's, it's just commonly known history that they did this. And so what they managed to do is they created a monster. It was Hamas was created by Israel. Um, and then at the same time, you've got all of the... So, so that's part of the political landscape that's behind this and some people would say well well that makes huh call that sort of a political geographical layer right so you can you can get a little more in depth than just the the surface level and that's sort of a a little bit more of an in-depth analysis but it's still just fact i would add one more yeah so you've got the surface and then you've got the political um geographical monetary level okay yeah the reason why yep. on some physical level that's that's absolutely right and and looking deeper than most people do right when you're getting into those things because like it or not the world's messy and these things are not straightforward or simple it's like i got into a conversation about the whole ukraine thing when that started happening with a friend who is who's almost triumphantly says to me aha so you at least agree with me that Putin is a uh, an evil dictator invader and it's it's a one-sided war, right? And I'm like, uh, mm, no, we need to look at this a little deeper. There's a deeper level of analysis to understand what's actually going on in that region of the world. It isn't that simple. It's very complex. Yeah, very complex. No, it's a very complex situation. That isn't to say that Putin should have invaded Ukraine. Obviously, I'm not saying that. What I am sure. saying is that the facts are never simple. And anybody who thinks the facts are simple is either they either have an agenda or they're a moron. It's one or the other. Sure. Well, or simply ignorant about the particular topic. You and, generally, you and I disagree on that one. If, if Generally, most people will look at the next layer um, that we're, we'll discuss and their, their motivations for everything they do actually 
in reality fall into the last layer of uh, detail. They, there's, you know, they, they explain after the fact how they got where they are, but how they actually got there tends to be on a spiritual. That's absolutely right. And that's like two layers deeper, right? Because under the, under all of the physical causes, whether it's monetary or uh, political or whatever, you've also got sort of the, you would almost call this the conspiracy layer, but conspiracy, what I would say about this is conspiracy theorists have been proven right about so many things over the past five years that it's almost hard to say, oh, it, you know, it's really hard to poo-poo that anymore. You actually have to look at it and go, okay, so what here can we actually talk about that might be true? What here can we talk about that's total speculation? And what's just total W-A-G, wild freaking guessing? Um, and, and so that's like, um, what would we say? What is this Israel-Palestine uh, conflict a, you know, a symptom of? There's this sort of conspiracy theory that Jewish bankers are behind so many of the wars. What's their objective now? That's like a conspiracy level analysis. And I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I think that, I think that the speculation there tends to, to get into things that are really dangerous for, not because I don't, not because I care about getting canceled because I don't care. And actually that's something else we ought to hit on here. I don't care what platform I get kicked off of. I will always say what I think needs to be said. So in this case, um, what I'm talking about being dangerous is just that when we start when we start engaging with these theories about how the Jews did this and the Jews did that, we start getting into dangerous territory because there's so much hatred of the Jews for reasons that are based on the sort of that uh, bottom level, which is a spiritual level, a spiritual analysis of what's going on. So yes, what the the topic um, of the the Gaza Israeli um, verbalization verbiage, it's really yeah. unfortunate that you could say that Hamas Israel um, is a, a fair uh, conflict, if you will, whereas. Yeah. Israeli or Jewish Palestine is not um, as as I understand it Palestine is a piece of dirt it's not even an ethnicity it's it, it, as far as I understand Palestine's a, a place right well Palestine historically was just what the British called Israel right it, it what that's all it was it was just the piece of ground that they called Israel and the only people who lived there when the Jew when Israel was created in the 1940s, the, the ground was basically a patch of freaking wasteland because it had gone totally but, to crap. There were a more few scattered that, tribes. So, for, no, there's no this, ethnicity. But Go ahead. For the conversation, the way that we use the word Jew, whether it's a religious affiliation, an ethnic affiliation, or now a uh, uh, geographic affiliation, that's not... It's hard to say which one is being used in a particular sentence without context. Yeah. So don't don't think a Jewish conspiracy is saying all Jews. There could very well be an uh, a Zionist group is a named group of a specific 
group of Jews. Right. Well, or even, even, you know, there's this thing that uh, I don't remember where it is in the Bible, but it talks about the synagogue of Satan. I think that it's actually spoken of in Revelation, the synagogue of Satan. And the synagogue of Satan would be Jews who are, or people who are pretending to be Jews who aren't really Jews or who, whatever, who are actually actively aligned with the powers of darkness that rule over this world. And, you know, people use the Jews to refer to that group as well. And so it's just totally unfair and it's not a good level of, or not a good way to analyze that situation. But the overall point was just that the level of analysis that we're dealing with is one that mainstream conversation tends to avoid because it touches on topics that are too icky or too, um, oh, too unproven for most people to want to talk about. Does that make sense? Indeed. Okay. So, so then that leads us to the final level of analysis, which would be like the, the lowest level that I know how to get at, which is sort of a spiritual level. And this is actually something that a lot of Christians aren't very comfortable talking about. The fact that there are real malevolent forces at work in the world that are manipulating events that are, well, just for example, when Jesus, in the Gospels, we read Satan offered Jesus ownership of all the kingdoms of the world. He offered to give them to him. Well, that implies that Satan owns the kingdoms of this world. And if you can't get there, then you're missing probably the most important layer of understanding for what's going on in the world. You're just not going to get it. And most people just don't get it. And most people aren't comfortable if they do start to get it. And part of that's because to a degree we can only speculate, but when we're aware of what's going on at that level, we can really understand things. We can, we can see things a lot clearer. Wouldn't you say? It seems to be. Uh, I certainly operate from a, uh, a place of, of uh, guaranteeing that I don't have the answers. <laughs> I'm not um, 100% right. So I, that's just my personality. No, no you're right. Um, well, but it's undeniable. But it's undeniable. You see it all around you. Yeah. Yeah. We do. So in, my, in my description, I would never say that I see or I think, but I see. Yeah. Well, and I, and I agree. I, I, to be fair, I tend to come across really forcefully and I have really strong opinions, but the reality is I'm with you. I don't hold my own opinion as being, oh, I don't hold it too strongly. There's one thing I have faith in and that's Jesus Christ. And there are a set of things that I'm convinced of by which I live my life, but most of what I do, most of what I talk about is just sort of an analysis of what's going on in the world that's kind of fluid. It, it kind of varies. And I don't, you know, it's like trying to point out the pieces on the, the game board. But it, as you said, I don't hold to any super strong opinion. And I try not to be too dogmatic about most things. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, you certainly have to be uh, ready to listen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, along those lines, while we're while we're on the subject, do you have anything else that you're wanting to say about this conflict in the Israel area? Since we're on, since we're sort of on the topic and using it as an example. Oh, 
it's a mess. Uh, I would just make sure that uh, if anybody hears this and, and I can influence them to make sure that they do separate out the, uh, the difference between the, the terrorists and the people living on the land, give people a chance to uh, stand up and say, I'm not one of the, the bombers. I'm not one of them. You know, they stand yeah. up and say that and live that way. Let them live. Right. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, when this whole thing went down, I actually prayed with my wife and what I, what I, what I prayed for was all the people who don't have a choice and don't have a chance. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's easy to say civilians, but the line between a civilian and a combatant is pretty thin over there and it, and it moves. So what I would say is the people who really concern me are the people who are, who do not have a choice about where they live and do not have a chance to get away and they're going to get hurt. And I still pray for those people because I could totally see myself in that situation, you know? I don't have any desire to hurt anybody. I don't have any desire to kill anybody. But God knows if I were over there and I were living in Gaza, I'd probably be getting hurt right now because, <laughs> you know, how yep. many poor people live there and how, how badly does the world treat them? And it's in war. It's always the weak and the old and the pregnant and women who suffer and it's hell. And I don't have anything good to say about that. You know? There, yeah. There's nothing good to say about that. <sighs> <laughs> Heavy subject. Um, if you, what, what do you think though of that, uh, of that concept of analyzing things on those four layers? Because as the, you know, we talked about doing this podcast and over the past few days, I've been thinking about it a little bit and I went, you know, you almost need a way to organize your analysis of a situation. So if you talk about things in layers, it, it sort of helps to, to make things more understandable. It does. It does. <clears throat> On a spiritual layer. Yeah. It does. It does feel like things were going a little too smoothly in the area. And uh, the enemy decided to kick up some uh, dirt to disturb the peace. Well, everyone, everyone you know, wanted to get along. You know, um, what I would say is this goes back to a couple of different things in the Bible, as, as far as I can see. You've got, number one, um, that the, the nations surrounding Israel come from the bloodline of Abraham, as does Israel. So you've got... Um, Abraham and Hagar had Ishmael and Abraham and Sarah had Isaac and Isaac was the forefather of Israel and Ishmael. God said that from his blood would come many people and many princes and that, that God would make great nations out of him too. And guess what? We see it. That's the people around Israel, but there's always been this sort of, um, Enmity. It's an interesting thing. Enmity if you, between uh, them. Go ahead. If you, it's an interesting thing in the word. Uh, uh, post tribulation, after everything's said and done, Jesus will rule the nations, not destroy them. Right, and it will be plural. It'll be the nations, 
not a nation, not a one-world nation. It'll be the nations. He will rule the nations. That is a very interesting point, and you're absolutely right. And then, right. anyway, do you mind if I go hit the other thing real quick? Please. Okay. So the other thing in Scripture is um, we know that powers and principalities are what we wrestle with, that there are spiritual forces in high places, that a lot of the physical conflict, a lot of the physical things going on in this world are influenced by and even a result of those spiritual causes. And it's really hard to separate them. Um, even, even when you have some experience with those situations, understanding how all that interplays is kind of a complicated topic and it's probably its own subject for another podcast but the point is Indeed. the point is though that in this case in Israel in the case of Israel and um, the surrounding nations we have princes spiritual princes that are in control of the territory of some of those nations that have their own sort of agenda and they do things their own way. You look at how Jordan responds to something versus how Lebanon responds to something versus how Israel does. Even though the people over there are all come kind of come from the same stock, there are powers over those areas that sort of determine what goes on in those places. So that we know that from scripture. That's pretty clear both from Daniel and from um well, we see in Daniel how uh, he was he was told by the angel who visited him that he had to battle with the prince of Persia for a certain amount of time before he was even able to come to carry a message to Daniel. And we know from Paul, I think it's in Ephesians, he says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we see those things coming down in a real tangible way over there. Indeed. Indeed. It is something that I've noticed watching the uh, politics of the area. I've uh, delved into some of the history um, just recently, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that we tend to look at things as Americans is a bit of a, uh, we have a problem with uh, the Republicans or we have a problem with the Democrats. It's all a separation of the people and the government, right? The government can do something bad, but the people don't aren't to blame, right? So you may have um, um, a terrible leader, pick your terrible leader. Uh, <laughs> and as Americans, we, we don't lay the blame on the feet of the people that are just going about their business because we wouldn't assume that the people are making those decisions. Whereas looking at the history where some of the leaders have made decisions that were in alignment with the word, the populace has exploded into revolt. Yep, that's right. Well, and, you know, that's, a, that's actually sort of a, a third rail topic in a lot of ways because people don't want to look at the people of a country as being evil. And if they do see them as evil, then they just want to kill them all. And, I still don't see them as evil. Well, I see I, them as... Go ahead. Go ahead. Not having access. And, and I see them as evil. I see us as evil. I see all people as evil because we all have 
You know, this is something that, that I've pondered on for a very long time, and I'm sure you have too, is there is no good thing inside of us. We are all pretty evil. And so when you look at all the people in the world, you go, yeah, those people are evil, and they're showing their evil in a way that is not the same as what I would, but, you know, where I might, oh gosh, I might go hurt somebody, cheat somebody, steal something, cheat on my wife, you know, whatever. The evil things that we all do, as a normal, more normal thing here in America, aren't the same evil things that they're used to in those cultures. Their evil kind of finds its way out in a different form, but it's still, they're still human beings, and we can still empathize and sympathize with them. They're just people. It's a fact. It's a fact. So, what more did you want to hit here, or you want to put a button in this here soon? What do you think? Oh, I think for episode one, this is a fine button. Um, certainly come and see us at e6universe.com. Yep. Uh, use I'll, I'll put a link in the description well. or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll send you a copy to check out. We'd love to hear from you and, and what you think of the story. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. And yeah, don't forget promo code Israel. Um, that's e6universe.com, promo code Israel. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you again.